0: Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Now, today, I have a couple of disclaimers before I jump into today's teaching. We are uh, landing today our our collection, our series on stewardship. And so if you are a guest here, if you're a first-time guest, this message really isn't so much geared toward you. Uh, So have some coffee, meet some new people, have fun. We got a t-shirt we want to give you. In fact, we just dropped some new spring break uh, tanks for everybody. It was like 90 degrees yesterday. It's like summer is coming for us. Like, here it is. So we got some new giveaways for you all. So enjoy the day. Grab a T-shirt, meet a few people, and, and have a great day, okay? Uh, if you're a new believer like or you're like right on the edge, like, hey, is, is is Jesus for me? Is church for me? This also really isn't so much geared for you today, okay? So uh, enjoy. Meet some people. Grab a T-shirt. Have a great day. Uh, you know, this isn't really uh, aimed at you today, okay? So don't don't even worry about it, okay? Uh, if you've been following Jesus for more than three years then this kind of kicks in a little bit more for you, okay? You're, you're settled in your relationship with Christ. You know Him. You follow Him. You're plugged into church. Uh, that's the context a little bit of our of our series on stewardship today, okay? Uh, before we get into God's Word today, let's pray real quick, and let's let's jump in uh, at a time as we wind down this series. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, thank you for your Word. Thank you for worship, your presence and worship. God, thank you for the wisdom and the transforming power of your Word, God. Today, we just want to open up our hearts and our minds, God, to receive from you. Uh, learn from your word, God, and really just learn to live how to please you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Awesome. Today, we're winding out a series on, on stewardship, on giving, trusting God for resources and provision. Uh, and this one is why, why would a Christian tithe part two? Last week, I did part one, and we went really through the ages, starting with Abraham, going through the law, going through the time of the kings, uh, you know, minor prophets, Uh, what Jesus said about it in his active ministry, early church, early church fathers, kind of through the ages, we kind of talked about giving and generosity and tithings, offered, what that looked like. And today we're going to kind of take it from a few different angles as well. Why would a Christian tithe? So when we talk tithing, first of all, let's define that. What does that mean? That would be 10% of my income. Most of us get paid every other week or once a month, right? So 10% of my income goes to God's house, for his purposes, right? So the Bible talks about God's house being a storehouse. What was a storehouse in the ancient world? It was a place that you took resources to and it held resources. And then when the community had need, it would begin to meet those resources. So if you're a Christ follower in here today, we would all agree that the world has a spiritual need. And so one of the main things that God is trying to get done is meet our spiritual need. In fact, a lot of other needs get in alignment once a spiritual need has been met. Would you agree with that? that the greatest need we all have is a spiritual need once spiritual needs start getting met it's amazing how a lot of other things in our life begin to line up and line up correctly because the great need of our life has has been met right and so we're here to meet spiritual needs we're here to meet practical needs emotional needs right i mean mental needs so so the body of christ is designed to meet needs all around the world through this wild little concept called the local church god's big heart i think is to put a healthy church in every community so So every community around the world, their needs can be met. The local church becomes a storehouse. And so we're setting aside resources for God's house so God's house can have the power to meet those needs as they come up. So some of you, that might be a very new concept. Others of you, you've heard about it since Sunday school. It's no new news. Others of you are like, that is the most radical thing, pastor. Why in the world would a Christian give 10% or 10% plus of their income to God's house? That That sounds a little crazy to me. So why would we do that? Let's talk about that today. Number one, and I want to jump right into this. We'll go right back to Genesis 14, right back to Abraham. Christians are grateful people. At least they should be. If they're bitter people, they've missed the whole thing, right? Saved people are grateful people. So if I, if I go back to Genesis 14, I look at Abraham, and I look at the very first time tithing is ever mentioned in the Bible. God gives him a great victory, and out of a heart of gratitude, out of a heart of thank you, God, for your hand on my life, I'm giving to you. I firmly believe that all Christian giving must be founded in a heart of gratitude. If it is founded in coercion or manipulation or pressure, we've missed the entire thing. In fact, the Bible says, he's like, don't give out of compulsion, right? Because God loves a cheerful giver. What's a cheerful giver or a cheer-filled giver? What's a cheerful giver? It's a heart of gratitude. God, I'm so grateful for your amazing hand in my life. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for the forgiveness of sins. Out of gratitude, I give, Right? And so that's why as a church, too, man, we're never going to twist anybody's arm because we want the whole thing to be birthed out of a spirit of great gratitude. How many of you know that God's been more faithful to you than you've been to him? Right? He's forgiven us all of our sins. He's removed my shame. There's no more guilt. I don't have to live in condemnation. I'm grateful forever, grateful for Jesus. Everything I begin to do out of my life now comes from a spring or a spirit of gratitude in my life. You know, and that's a healthy place to be. Would you agree that's a healthy place for a believer to be? Everything that we do in the Christian life is birthed out of a spirit of gratitude. Gratitude for Christ. So why would why we give? Why did Abraham give? It was a heart of gratitude. What, what I love about Genesis 14, no one forced Abraham to give. There was no teaching on it. There was no preaching on it. There was no twisting. There was no Abraham, do this, you'll get $10,000. Nothing. God, thank you for being with me. I'm going to give out of a heart of gratitude. Amen. So that's where the whole thing begins. We're we're grateful to God. Number two, this is coming from Malachi 3, we're being obedient. Why would a Christian give and choose generosity and tithes or offerings? We're being obedient. Christians believe, I, I, I said this a few weeks ago, Christians believe in this wild concept called stewardship. This is kind of foundational Christianity, Christianity 101. Once I give my life to Christ, I am no longer the owner of my life. That God owns my life he owns my marriage, he owns my children, he owns everything, right? So if God were like, yo, Matt, I want you to pack up and, you know, move to Vietnam and plant a church, I would have to do it. I'm not saying I'm going to do that. I'm not going to leave you guys, no plans, you know? But, but it's like I, I have this sense of my life is not my own. And every, every follower of Christ, there's this great exchange. God, I give you my life, and now the life that I live is no longer my life, but I'm living this life in Christ in God. You're the owner and I'm the renter. I'm the steward. So so I would really, on a foundational way, God doesn't own 10% of my resources. He owns 100% of my resources, my mental, my emotional, my physical, financial. He owns everything. And so I'm learning to be a good steward of my life and I'm learning how to live a life that pleases and gives honor and gives glory to him. I'm learning to live a life of obedience, right? Now, if you look at the Christian life, God says all kinds of stuff about our mouths, what we say, right? The Bible actually talks about what we should talk about, right? It's funny. So God's like, I'm going to start talking about what you say, right? I don't want you to just go around and just put people down all day long, right? I, I don't want you to just always talk negative. Like, God talks about our bodies, what we do with our bodies. He talks about our minds. The Bible actually tells you how to think, Isn't that wild? So he's after my thought life. He's after what comes out of my mouth. He's after my body. So it's like it makes sense to me that God has a plan for every aspect of my life because he's the owner. I'm the renter. Everybody loves baby Jesus. He's cute. He's docile. Right? He's in the crib. Okay? A lot of people love Jesus as Savior in our generation. We struggle with Jesus as Savior and Lord. He is the Lord of my life as well right? So he saved me. I'm grateful. He's rescued me, but he's also becoming the Lord of my life. I'm not here to control my life. I'm here to give my life and learn how to live a life of obedience and a life that pleases him, right? It's this process. And at the beginning, it might be a little scary, but it really is about surrender. I'm learning to surrender everything under the lordship of, of Jesus and follow him. Amen? So we're learning how to be obedient. Uh, Number three, number three, why why would a Christian tithe, uh, why would we embrace this path or or this way of life? Uh, We're trusting God with our resources. Uh, Malachi 3, this is fascinating, right? This is the only place in the Bible, and I talked about this last week a little bit, the only place in the Bible that God really encourages us to test him. Nowhere in the Bible. Are we to test God? In fact, when, when the devil was tempting Jesus, right, Jesus said, like, don't test the Lord your God, right? So he's like, hey, just jump off the building. God will protect you. And he's like, don't put God to a foolish test. Meaning, if you drive the wrong way on 595, and you're like, Jesus is with me, Jesus is with me, Jesus is with me, you're going to go to heaven. And Jesus is going to be like, that's the dumbest thing you've ever done, bro. Like, what are you doing? So we're never commanded to test God, except in Malachi 3. I like what one pastor said. He said, tithing is a two-way test. It's God testing our hearts, and it's us testing the hand of God. God, you told me to bring this, and you wanted me to see what your hand will do in my life. And I I mentioned this before, too. Tithing is not just law for my wife and I. Tithing is life for us. My wife and I are in such agreement on this one. We would rather pay our tithe than our mortgage. And I'm not just saying that, am I? And there have been some times it's been tight for us, right? But I would rather give than anything else. Why? Because it's life for me. It's not law for me. This is something that I have learned over the course of 20 plus years of following Jesus. God, I have seen your hand. I firmly believe God will always have a bigger shovel than I have. Always. And sometimes it comes back in resources. Sometimes it comes back in favor. Sometimes it comes back in open doors. Sometimes it just kind of comes back in joy in our marriage, joy in our family. The presence of God in our home. And I'm like, God, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Because no matter what I give you, you you've always been able to double it down and give something back to me. And I would rather have your presence in my life than anything else at this point. Amen. So it's like, God, I see your hand move in my life and I am trusting you with the resources. God will always remain the source of my life and everything else is a resource. And let's not get those two things confused. Your job is a resource, it's not the source, right? A good job can quickly become a bad job, right? If you get a new boss or something. You know, it's like you never know. It's like, but these are resources in our life. God is the source, and He can open up anything He wants in my life. Amen. So, so we're trusting God with resources. Through tithing, I'm learning to, to test, and I'm learning to trust, and I'm learning to place faith. God, you said you'd meet my needs, right? And we talked about that last week. God blesses the work of my, my hands. you got to get busy. you got to work, right? But, but man, there's, there's power when I'm doing this thing God's way. Number four, I want to talk a little bit about this one. It curves my heart. Tithing, offerings, giving, generosity, it begins to curve my heart. Jesus said this in Matthew 6:21, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." In other words, you never cared about that stock until you put 5,000 dollars in it. Now you're on Robin Hood checking that thing every two weeks. right? You didn't care about Coinbase until you put 10 grand, you know, into Bitcoin, and, and now you're crying. You know what I'm saying? Like your, your, your money and your heart will always be connected. right? This is why my wife has money for things that she wants but not money for the things that I want, right? She goes, she's lying. No, i was just kidding. Like, and vice versa, right? I can always come up with money for the motorcycle, right? Like, it's just like, like it's, just, it's funny how money is emotional. And you will make money for what you love. We're all like this. And Jesus is saying, where, where your heart is, man, where your treasure is. That's, that's where your heart's at, where your treasure That's where your heart's at. When I first got saved, I loved Jesus. I didn't like the church. I loved Jesus, I didn't like organized religion. I loved Jesus, I had a problem with authority. And, and I've, I've shared some of my story. Growing up, my dad and I had a really, you know, hard relationship. My dad is a wonderful guy, you know, he has since really given his life back to God, and we've had a beautiful years of reconciliation. Today, he's one of my best friends. Um, but at the time, when I was in high school and college, we, we had a very tumultuous relationship. And uh, a lot of it was, when I was younger, he worked a lot, he, he did everything he could, so he wasn't around a lot, and you know, and then he did the best, you know, his dad was a little rough, and I mean, just, it was just one of those things, it was just, it was a challenging relationship, and so I had this chip on my shoulder, right, I just grew up with this beef against authority, and so when I first got saved, I loved Jesus the Savior, I didn't like any authority in my life, I loved Jesus the Savior, I didn't like his church, I thought it was outdated, a little weird, a little whack, you know, it's just, I didn't like it, right, over the years, and I told you all last week, I started as a janitor serving in God's house. When I first got saved, like I, I felt a sense of call to ministry. I didn't know how to really describe it. But I was like, God, give me a church. Let me teach. Let me preach. know, God's like, that's awesome. Slow your roll. You know, like, like, and, he, and, and I'll never forget the first door God opened up for me to it was the janitor at a, at a church. And so I'm cleaning. I'm, I'm cleaning the restrooms. I'm cleaning up after chicken dinners. Like I'm learning to serve God's house. Right? And, and, and there, God starts talking to me. And from early on, I began to tithe. And I just began to tithe. Over time, watch this. Over time, I have learned to love God's house. Isn't it amazing? How weird would it be if somebody came up to me and be like, yo, Matt, I, I love you, but I can't stand your wife? We're not going to be friends. <laughs> Why? Because I love my wife. Jesus loves his bride. Who's his bride? You are. The church. His people. It's his body. So it's weird to be like, oh, I love Jesus, but I hate his church. I can't love the man and hate his wife. That's the wife that he chose to marry. Jesus chose to be faithful to us. That's a, that's a beautiful thought, right? He's not down on the bride. He's building the bride. Can the church be a little messy at sometimes? Oh yeah, she's a mess. But you know what? She's also my mom. Because without her, I would have never come to know the saving faith of Jesus and be born into this family. She's messy, but she's my mom, right? And over time, as I've invested in God's house, I have learned to love his people and love his house. That's a beautiful thing, right? You know, I told somebody the other day, I was like, I was like I'm more submitted to authority now than I've ever been my entire life. And you're like, how the heck is that possible? I thought you were the pastor. You're on top. No, we have overseers over me, and I've got coaches. And I'm always like, what the heck do I do? <laughs> like, can you please tell me what to do? Like, I'm tired of trying to create this thing for myself. Listen, if you're a business owner, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, God, I need some help. Like, please give me somebody to tell me what to do. It's funny. Over time, our hearts learn to love his house. If you stay in this thing, you serve this thing, you invest this thing, it's funny how the Holy Spirit begins a transforming process. You start loving his people. It curves, it curves your heart. No one is wealthier than God, and no one is more generous than God. No one. No one is more generous than God. God has got the most generous heart of anybody, right? The Bible says that while we were sinners, that's when Christ came. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. What does a God do? When you own everything, what do you do to show people I'm I'm generous and I I care, right? You give your son, your one and only son. God bankrupted heaven for the opportunity to get to your hearts. Think about that. Listen, if I gave you a million dollars, y'all, that would mean something. I don't have a million dollars to give you, but if I did, that would be a sacrifice. If Jeff Bezos gave you a million dollars, he got a lot of money. Well, there's God who's got everything. So, what does God do? God's like, I'm going to give you my son because I only have one son whom I love with my entire heart. Listen, y'all, I like you. You're cute, but I'm not giving you one of my kids. Even on the bad days, right? My son, Mavy, woke me up the other day. He's my two year old son. He punched me right in the face rolled right over, slugged me right in the face. I'm like, what the heck, bro? <laughs> why he punch me? You know, I love him with all my heart. I would never give him to a friend. I would definitely never give him to an enemy. And while we we're God's enemy, God gave us Jesus. No one is more generous than God. God did something for you and me that we would never do for him or do for anybody else. He's wildly, wildly generous. As I embrace tithing, offering, giving, generosity, the Holy Spirit starts transforming my heart, and I'm becoming like my Father in heaven. Pastor Matt, what is giving ultimately all about? It's about you and me becoming like our Father in heaven. It's a process of discipleship. I'm learning generosity. I'm learning sacrificial giving. I'm learning to love his people the way that he loves his people. I could just drop the mic right there because that's good teaching. It doesn't really get any better than that, okay? If you didn't get something out of that, 0.5 is worthless, okay? He's curving my heart. He's curving my heart, amen? Number five, let me go on here a few more minutes. Number five, uh, maybe one of my favorite ones, we get the honor to build with God. Now, and I don't know why I was like this from the very beginning, but I really kind of was. After I gave my life to Jesus at 17, after I kind of jumped in and started serving, like I never felt forced to give. For me as a pastor, one of the saddest things are when I talk and counsel the people and they feel forced to give because I'm like, that tells me that maybe somebody tried to misuse them or abuse them or twist their arm or something. And I always kind of felt sad about that, right? And of course, it does get misused at times, right? So so I always feel so sad about that. And for me, I had the honor to jump into this thing at an early age and jump in in a way where I never felt forced. I never felt forced. From the very beginning, I always had it in my heart, I love that I get the opportunity to build with God. I love that I get to build with God. This whole thing is called the great co-mission. The Holy Spirit is working, and we're working. He's the head, we're the hands and feet, right? God is moving, we're his people, we're moving. We actually get the opportunity to build with God. One of the ways we get to build is with our giving. Sometimes our giving accomplishes something that we couldn't even do, and so I get to build with them. One of the beautiful things about our church, we're already supporting a church 100% in India, and I and I love that. And that's kind of my story. When I when I first started out, and God kind of put on our heart to start launching our church. One of the very first things that God put on my heart was to support this guy. His name is Joseph, and he's in India. We've been supporting him for years now, and and I love it. The church is running a hundred people he's got plans to open up a Bible school. And are you ready for his heart? He wants to plant a church in every city in India that eventually plants a church in every town in India. Isn't that a beautiful 30-year journey? And I said, Joseph, keep going. We're going to keep sowing because I felt like the Holy Spirit put it on my heart, you know, and it just kind of started with my wife and I giving, you know, and we planted this church from nothing no thing like nothing like nothing we had nothing she's laughing because she knows it's true but it wasn't funny back then we literally started from the bottom and so we're building 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 and we support his church and it's just such a beautiful story it's such a beautiful story i love that giving gets to accomplish this thing guys because of your giving we get to serve the homeless community Because of your giving, we get to go from one full service to two full services. The 10 a.m. was full today, man. It was just like, this is really fun. Now, we can't pack them out quite yet because I can't go to three services yet, okay? We need a few more musicians. If you sing, maybe time to talk to Charity. But remember what I said. If you feel talented, talk to your spouse first. Make sure you are talented and then talk to Charity, okay? And then charity's going to decide if you're talented or not, okay? No American Idol auditions up here, okay? So, all right. But So we're trying to build leadership wise to get ready for it because God is bringing us more. And it's a beautiful thing. But, but all this happens because we get to work with God. We're building the house of God with God. And I, and I love that. Over time, and my wife will tell you this, I'm a builder and I'm a grower. I get excited. I'm not a manager. I get bored in management. I get excited about growth. And I get to work with God. I'll, I'll pick on Desmond, man, right here. Like, I've watched this man over the years grow Bible club after Bible club after Bible club after Bible club. Now he's the chaplain of the Dolphins. Can I get some tickets, by the way? Like, you know, God, I don't, is that even possible? Like, you know, next season, you know, like, and it, it's just beautiful. And he knows he's, he's been a follower of Jesus for a long time. You know, the joy of building with Jesus. There's nothing like it, there is no joy. Like being used of God and building with him. And to sit back and be like, look what the Holy Spirit did so much with so little. I've always felt like the boy with the loaves and fishes. But a little is a lot in his hands. And I get to build. You get to build. We get to build with God. Church, we will always be a city set on a hill. We'll always be a light. We'll always be the salt of the earth. And you and I get the honor to build with the Holy Spirit, and our giving, our serving, our praying, our loving, and our preaching. He does all the heavy lifting, but we get to show up, and we get the privilege of doing it with Him. And that's a beautiful thing, and I love that. And, I, and I'll tell you, again, I'm going I'm to wind down with this. For my wife and I, tithing is not law for us. It is life for us. It has just become a way of life, and I have seen God move again, and again, and again. And I don't know, I've just kind of fallen in love with it. I really have. At this point in my life, I've just kind of fallen in love with it because I get to see what he's doing in me, but I really get to see what he's doing through me. Remember as a child, and it's Christmas time, you know, and you're like, presents are everything, you know? Like, I, we've got a home with four little kids, and Christmas at this stage is all about them, right? And it's a lot of fun because they're tearing into every present, and they're just, like, freaking. Out. And it's, it's so much fun, right? right? There's a Bible verse where Jesus is like, hey, it's, it's better to give than it is to receive. When you're a child, you're like, Jesus is straight up lying to me. There ain't no way. There ain't no way in the world it's better to give than receive. But you know what? As you get a little older, right, now that I'm a parent, guys, Christmas is better now than it was when I was a kid. I'm doing all the giving. But it's so much better watching them receive. As you and I grow in our faith with Jesus, there's something about God doing something in others and doing something through me to others That's more beautiful than the first time I received it myself. I don't understand that. I don't know how that works. I know it's a work of the Holy Spirit, but I'm just like, Jesus, it really is better to be used and to do something through me and to watch people's lives get changed. It's like better. It's just Christmas all over again, and it's just better. And so, guys, with the heart of all of that, I want to wind this series down. Giving generosity, everything is ultimately about you and I becoming like our Father in heaven. It's about God, not just working in me; it's about Him working through me, and it's about meeting the spiritual and needs of a community. It's about being the church, Amen. It's about following Him. All right, let me pray for you. We'll wind down today, Heavenly Father. We love you, God. Thank you for today's teaching, um, God. We're just grateful that we get to be in this community, God. We're grateful that we get to reach uh, this generation. God, we get to be your hands and your feet. And so, Father, we pray bold prayers. God, increase us, grow us, give us the leaders. God, give us the givers, give us the the preachers, the teachers. Give us, God, all the people that we need to go to the next level and reach more people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.